I love the presence of God that was just ushered in this morning. Oh, my goodness. It was just amazing. He's here. He's in this place. Would you please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 52, verse 7. Last week, I was just seeking God about what he wanted me to share along with my testimony today. And this is the scripture that he gave to me. I love it when he does that. I love it. It's like, okay, God, I want it to be all of you. In fact, I want to pray right now. My Father, I come before you right now, and I stand before you just humbled and honored to be here proclaiming your word, proclaiming your peace and your salvation. Father, I pray right now that something is stirred in each one of us today to be your voice, to be your hands, to be your heart, to be your feet, to go out into that world that is so desperately in need and to take your word forth. Father, I pray that our hearts today are enlightened greatly. And I ask this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The word peace in the scripture, it says in here, God's talking about the person who proclaims the word of God. And that word peace is the word shalom. It's a big word. It's very, very much more than just contentedness or a sense of well-being. That word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken, completeness and wholeness in every area of our lives. That word peace is what Jesus came to purchase for us. The chastisement, the penalty for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we were healed. That's the peace that he's talking about. And then in the the next line of the scripture, another thing that it talks about us proclaiming is salvation. Salvation. That Hebrew word is Yeshua. The word, the Hebrew word for salvation is our Jesus. Jesus, Yeshua, is peace. Jesus' name means salvation. Jesus' name means deliverance. It means welfare, prosperity. This is the name of Jesus. It means help, health, and victory. This scripture, Isaiah 52, verse 7, God is just pouring out his heart to us and saying, go out and tell people about me. Go out and tell about the peace that I paid the price for. Go out and tell people about Jesus and salvation through Jesus. And then it says, again, it's talking about how beautiful are the feet of the person who brings this good news. And it says, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Zion is the name for Jerusalem. But the actual word Zion means a parched place. A parched place. When I was diagnosed with cancer, that's who I was. I was that parched place, but I didn't know it. I was completely empty. I didn't know the peace 
the completeness, the fullness of life, the abundance of life that Jesus came to pay the price for. I didn't know Jesus as my Savior. I didn't know the salvation of God. I was very religious. I had that part down. But I didn't know about salvation until the blessed feet of a messenger came and told me, thank God, (laughs) thank God, thank God. Before I go into my testimony, I want to share one more scripture. This is Revelations 19. Revelations 19, verse 10. Yes, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to read just the second half of the scripture. It says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Worship God. That's what I'm doing today. (laughs) That's my heart, is to glorify God and to worship him. This scripture says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's what I'm doing. I'm testifying to Jesus. I'm testifying what he did in me. It was all him. What he did through me. And as we testify of Jesus, as we testify and share what great things Jesus is doing, it's a spirit of prophecy. So if you came today with any need in any area, if you came with a physical need or with a need in your emotions or your heart or your relationships or your family or your finances, it's a prophetic word because God's in the business of taking care of us. He's in the business of providing abundance of life. And so as I share the testimonies that I'm going to share, know that it's a prophetic word for you. A word of prophecy is a word that, that, that is put forth by our God for the purpose of building us up. And it says, this is for you. And you can set your sights on that and say, okay, God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's what these testimonies are. They're a spirit of prophecy for you and for me. And it will just raise our faith. It'll raise our faith to prepare us to receive, and it will prepare the atmosphere even more than it's already been prepared so that when we lay hands on you, when we pray for you, you come expecting. Expecting. Okay. So I started out with the scripture about taking out the word of God because that's what God gave me to share today. I think that this message... I am sure God has a bigger plan than Cindy has. But I think that the plan is twofold. One, to receive whatever God has for you, whether it's healing or whether it's something in your heart that you need to take home with you today. But the second purpose, I believe, that God has me sharing this word today is for us to go out into that world and to take his word out there and give it away and not be afraid. You know, it's scary. Believe me, it's scary when you see a face out there that looks like they're skeptical or they're, uh, uh, I don't know, very religious, and maybe their religion taught them something different than I'm sharing. It's kind of scary. But what I have found through experience is that I have a Holy Ghost in me. (laughs) And it doesn't matter. Because once I take that first step, it's all God. But we have to take that first step. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Okay. Jerry, this is one of your favorite scriptures, and I'm reading the whole thing. Hosea 4, 6. Would you please turn there in your Bibles? I put my ribbon there because I can never find it. Hosea 4, 6. 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. That's where I was before I was diagnosed with cancer. That's where I was when I was diagnosed with cancer. I didn't have any knowledge. Thank God somebody was that precious messenger that brought me the truth. If they hadn't, if they hadn't, if they hadn't taken that step, the person that told me about Jesus was a new, brand new teacher in my school. Girls, you might know her name at the time was Mrs. Cherniak. Now she's Mrs. Hood. That's who led me to the Lord. She was a young teacher in my school. I was a very experienced teacher. I was the learning consultant. I was kind of her boss. She was bold enough. She said it was, she was nervous to do it. She was bold enough to come and tell me the truth. If she hadn't done that, if she hadn't done it afraid, I would have not only been dead, it would have been way worse. Because I would have been separated from God. I would have been in hell. I didn't know him personally. I wasn't saved. I was in that place that Hosea talks about. But there's more than just the knowledge. There's the receiving part of the knowledge. I have presented the word to people who haven't received it. That's really, really, really awful. It stinks when you give them the truth and they don't receive it. When I was diagnosed with cancer, it was January of 2002. Within about two or three weeks, it went from stage one to stage four. The cancer that I was diagnosed with was melanoma, which is a form of skin cancer. And if it's just, just on the skin, it's considered stage one, and they can remove the mole, and, you're, and you're, you know, there's absolutely no um, uh, uh, prognosis of, of death or whatever. So it went from this mole, which was stage one, and within a couple weeks, they found it in one of my lymph nodes, which moved me directly to stage three. And then before they did the surgery to take care of that, they did a CAT scan and PET scans of my body, and they found that the cancer was in my whole lymph node system. The, the diagnosis was extensive metastasis of the, lymph, of the melanoma throughout my lymphatic system. And I didn't know Jesus. So the first thing that happened was fear completely consumed me. It just was like a knot in every part of my body. Physically, the, the symptoms started after I got the diagnosis. I know that was the enemy. He immediately put symptoms in my body. Um, that's when my friend, <laughs> that's when my friend got a hold of me. That's when Jenny talked to me. It was about four or five days after the diagnosis. And I went to her. She had invited me to a healing meeting. And I wasn't able to go when she first invited me because I was scheduled for surgery. After the stage four diagnosis came, the surgery was canceled. The doctor said it won't do any good. They canceled the surgery. I went to Jenny, and I said, Jenny, tell me about your healing meeting. I want to go. When she, she didn't just tell me about the healing meeting. She told me some nuggets of truth that I had never heard before, nuggets of truth that changed my life. She was proclaiming peace to me. She was proclaiming completeness of life. She was proclaiming God's truth, the whole picture, not the whitewashed truth that I had known for the first 43 years of my life. She told me, Cindy, that cancer wasn't given to you by God. She said that came from the enemy. And she told me that Jesus didn't just pay the price for my sins on the cross. 
he also paid the price for the effects of my sin, which included sickness. She gave me some truths that were just powerful. I'd never heard them before. And I'm listening. I mean, that was like a three-minute conversation, and I remember it in detail. I know that God took those words and plunked them right into my heart because I needed them so desperately. So she started proclaiming his peace to me. But then she did something else. She proclaimed salvation. She proclaimed Yeshua. She proclaimed Jesus to me. All she did was she said, are you saved? And I said, I think so. (laughs) I go to church every Sunday. I live a good life. You know, I taught in a, uh, before I taught in the public school, I taught in a parochial school. I taught catechism. You know, I received all the sacraments. I went, I, um, you know, had brought our kids up in the church. So, yeah, I think I'm saved, Jenny. And she said, do you want to be sure? When she asked me that question, it was a great way to lead somebody to salvation, by the way. I've used it many, many times since. (laughs) But what she did for me was she made it so simple. I didn't have to argue my case. I used to do that. I'd say, of course I'm saved. I'm Catholic. (laughs) I totally took offense in the past. But the way that she led me, I stood in that place. When she asked me that question, I thought, right now, I believe I'm going to die. The doctor gave me six to nine months to live. And I thought I was going to die. And I said, I want to go to heaven. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I want to be saved. I want to make sure that I'm saved. You know, I've done X, Y, Z here. But yes, I'll do whatever you say because, yes, I want to be saved. So she went into her desk and got out her Bible, which is pretty cool. She had a Bible in her desk. She opened it to Romans 10, verse 10 through 13, and she had me read it. Something I'd never read before. Something that had never been preached from the pulpit of the church that I went to before. And then she led me to pray and to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life and to invite Jesus into my heart. That was the day that everything turned around. I had all those yucky, yucky health issues, and then all of a sudden I was introduced to Jesus. Praise God is right. Praise God. She also discipled me and gave me a couple little nuggets. This is all within the same couple of minutes. I know it wasn't more than five minutes that all this happened. Within the next couple of minutes, she said, She got out a little book of healing scriptures, and she gave it to me. She said, Cindy, this is your medicine. This is your medicine. Pray these these scriptures. I didn't understand why. They They were simply scriptures, paraphrased scriptures of healing from the Bible. She gave me that. And then the second thing she said is spend time with God every day. Pray and read the Bible. Again, that's all she said. Those two nuggets about praying the word of God and about developing a relationship with him took me to a place that I had no idea. I had no idea what I had missed before I developed my relationship, before I began to develop my relationship with God. And then during this season, I had three layers of of surrounding myself with the godly people in an environment. And I know this all had a huge effect on the end results. The first thing, and I, I, I see this in hindsight. I didn't see it when I was going through it. But now I'm always sharing this with people because it was so very important to my journey. The first thing was that I had a friend that I connected with, and it was Jenny. 
I had a person who I could go to when I was in the middle of a fight with cancer. I had a person who I could go to and ask questions. I didn't know that Bible at all. And there were a whole lot of questions I had. I would read a scripture and I'd go to Jenny. I said, Jenny, what does this mean? Help me with this. Or I'd have a question that I was hearing from a teaching and I'd say, I don't understand. Explain it to me. And this is what she always did. When I had a question, she went to her Bible. And she found a scripture or two or three. She showed it to me in the Bible. And then she explained it to me. Everything that I was taking in was based upon the word of God. So that's the first thing I had was a friend, a spiritual friend, a spiritual mentor. The second thing was my small group. And it was at Andrea's house. And they... That was so important to us, to Kent and I, as we started our journey, because we needed to be surrounded by people who we could really be built up by. You know, when you're diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, you're kind of knocked pretty low. And no matter how much I sought God, I needed fellow Christians to stand alongside me and to believe with me. It was an environment where I could ask a lot of questions and get really good spiritual answers. Truth. Truth. I could get truth. It was a place where um, I was welcomed warmly, and that whole community of the body of Christ came together with me and Kent. Kent was saved about a month or two after I was. He was, it was that's an interesting story in itself. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail other than the fact that because we were in such a religious um, uh, phase of our life, we, it was very religious, but there was no relationship. He, unbeknownst to me, was going to say, I'm done with this as soon as our youngest graduated from high school. When I was diagnosed with cancer, she was in 11th grade. His plan was to stop going to church with me after all the kids were graduated. I didn't know that. He never told me. But as soon as I was saved and he started seeing what God was doing in me, which I'm going to share in just a minute, he was seeing the evidence of my salvation. As soon as he started seeing that, he was pretty curious. Of course, this man loves me so very much, and the, his heart's desire was that I would live and not die. He didn't know too much about the proclaiming the word of God part yet, but he did want me to live and not die. So he came with me to those small group meetings. So Ken and I together went to Pat and Andrea's house, and we had the opportunity to grow up little by little, in a, in a very safe place. The third thing was that we found a church home that taught the full gospel, that taught the truth, the full truth, that it is way more than God's will just to forgive us and just to give us heaven after we die. It's bigger than that. The abundance of life is way bigger than that. And I started going to a church that taught me that as well as how to apply to receive and to apply the word of God. And so I had consistency all around me. I had my husband who was in agreement with me. I had Jenny who was guiding me. I had a small group. I had a church. I was surrounding myself with the word of God and with the truth of the word of God. And the results were totally, exactly what God's promises are. Um, Very shortly, I'm going to do my, my testimony in a very short version because I have a couple other testimonies I'd like to share as well. Um, Within a very short time, my faith 
started to grow as I was immersing myself in God's word. And guess what left? Doubts, fear. Fear and faith are opposites. As I started immersing myself in God's word, faith rose up and fear left. That, that awful fear left me. Within one month after the stage four diagnosis, I had a really good doctor's report. Remember, I had enlarged lymph nodes all through my system. They went in to try and tried to get biopsies of some of those. They had one positive biopsy, but when they tried to get more in the other parts of my lymph node system, they couldn't get any cells. It was an inconclusive report. Well, that was, I was just praising, praising, praising God when they got that inconclusive report. That was in March. I was diagnosed in February. That was in March. In April, the doctor sent me for another PET scan. He was confused and didn't understand why they couldn't gather those cells. So the second PET scan was one of those valleys. The second PET scan confirmed the first PET scan, which said that there was cancer activity in all of those lymph node areas. But I had been taking the medicine of God's word for two months, very consistently. I had been starting my relationship with God. And when, I, when they gave me that result, Kent was with me, and they took us right back immediately after the PET scan, which that never had happened before. They took us right back to talk to the person, the technician. And I remember sitting there with a computer screen on, with my body on that screen all lit up where the cancer was. And I remember looking at that computer screen with Kent. First thing that happened was the fear tried to attack me. But then the word of God rose up in me. And when that word rose up in me, I, the Holy Spirit, I know it was the Holy Spirit, gave me the good questions to ask that technician. And what happened was that when I walked out, I knew that the degree of cancer was less than it was in the first PET scan. And then I went home and God confirmed it for me. I opened my Bible. And now, this is, I'm a baby. I've been reading the Bible for only two months, and most of what I read, I had never read before. I opened my Bible to Philippians chapter 1, and I had never read this before. And God gave it to me as a rhema word. Verse 6, Cindy, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And then I continue to read through verse 12, and verse 12 talks about the purpose, the reason, is that you're going to go out and advance the gospel. I took those two, I didn't have any idea what I was going to be doing with the gospel, believe me. But I took those two scriptures, and I typed them up, and I put them on my refrigerator. And I kept my eyes on those scriptures, knowing that God's word was true, that God's word was true. That was in April. I went back to the oncologist for another consultation, and he took all of this information, and he said, okay, I'm going to give you three options. The first option is to do nothing. But if you do nothing, you won't be alive six to nine months from now. Well, I certainly didn't want to do that option. The second option was to treat it as if it were stage three cancer. Stage three was where the lymph, just one lymph node was affected. But he said, if that PET scan is accurate, and he totally thought it was, and there's cancer in the rest of your system, then it won't do any good. And the same results, six to nine months. He suggested that I, they do exploratory surgery and take out those lymph nodes that were enlarged, look at them, and then make a decision what to do. Now, he planned on that being cancer. He even told us that after that surgery, if it was cancer, 
then they would, he told me the, the protocol. They were going to put me on a very, very aggressive form of chemo where I would be hospitalized one week out of every three. And it was incurable, you know, so it would have been a matter of a lot of yucky treatment and then die later. Well, I didn't like that option either, but I did go with the surgery. Um, the surgery was scheduled. This was totally God. It was in April that the doctor and I and Kent had that consultation, and I, we made the decision within a few days for the surgery, and that was in April. The surgery wasn't scheduled until June. Does that sound normal for cancer stuff? No. That's because my God was ordaining our paths. I was acknowledging him every chance I got, and he was ordaining our paths. In June, I went for that surgery, and um, my husband and my mother-in-law were with us, were with me. And when I came out and I was in the recovery room, Kent met me, and he said, Honey, there is no cancer in your body. There is no cancer in your body. Praise God. Praise God. I'll never forget. I had very few Christian CDs at that time, but I had a few. And I had, it with, I had some with me, and I had a CD and headset. And um, it was very late at night when, when he came to talk to me. And I said, just get my, I was in the recovery room. I wasn't even in the hospital room yet. I said, get my CD and put on my headphones and, you know, push play. And he did. And the song that played was Shout to the Lord. Amen. You know, those mountains will fall. I had been praying and praying and pray, praying. Cancer, just like Jesus says in, in Mark 11, cancer be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. You get out of my body. I cast you into the sea in the name of Jesus. And here I'm, this worship song comes on that says, mountains will roar and sea, you know, or mountains will fall and seas will roar at the sound of your name. And I just remember that song and just weeping and weeping and weeping with the goodness of our God. That was um, in June, and then one month later I had a second surgery, and that was to supposedly, the doctor said, I went back after the first surgery, and he said, okay, now we're going to treat it like stage 3 cancer. And I said, what? <laughs> All of those lymph nodes you took out were negative. He said, yeah, but there was that one positive one, and that one was in my groin. So Ken and I said, no. You can take out just that one lymph node. They wanted to take out a whole section of lymph nodes and then do a year of treatment. I said, no. Take out the just the one lymph node, and do a frozen biopsy. If it comes back negative, and I knew it would, stop. If it comes back positive, continue with the whole procedure. Well, listen to what the guy did. It was negative. It was negative. But when they went in there, I had a big lump in my groin, and that's, you know, where they found the cancer. That's where they took the cells. They, you know, they stuck the needle in. They drew out the cells. They said melanoma, right? When they got in there six months later to do the surgery, there was a hernia in my body. They took out the lymph node. There was not one cell of cancer in the lymph node, and my body was completely whole and healed. That's a pattern we have seen. We have seen many, many, many other people where the diagnosis had been very strangely, completely changed. It started out as one thing, and all of a sudden, it's something completely different that isn't even an issue. My God healed me. That was nine years ago. I continued to go for lots and lots of follow-up visits and scans and all that. After four years, I was released from the oncologist, cancer-free, completely cancer-free. Praise God. 
Praise God. Praise God. Now I'm going to read Hosea 4.6. Again, for you, Jerry. Except I'm going to do it in my translation. Because, you know, God, God's word in this particular scripture is people perish from lack of knowledge and or because they haven't received knowledge. But the opposite is also true. Listen to this. Destruction is destroyed with knowledge of my precious promises. Because you have received my promises, I receive you into my royal priesthood. Because my word is engrafted into the depth of your heart, I also will remember your children. That's God's promise for me and for you. And now I see that that last line about, I will remember your children. I could tell you all kinds of testimonies about my own children, but I'm not going to do that right now. What we have seen, what Kent and I have seen, is those precious promises in our spiritual children. We have seen those promises coming to life as we have just shared, as we have just proclaimed the peace and the salvation of God. That word, um, proclaim, I read from the New King James when I read Isaiah 52, 7. But if you go back to the Old King James, it's publisheth, publisheth. Well, shortly after I was healed of cancer, long story short, um, God led me to write a book. Publish the word of God. Publish the peace of God. Publish the salvation of God. Publish Jesus to everybody that reads it. My prayer, the first book that I wrote was called A Blessed Journey Through Terminal Cancer and Into Divine Healing. My prayer for that book was, first of all, that it's completely God's word. And I was very cautious. I had several people read it and say, if there's anything in here that isn't truth, tell me. What I publish has to be the truth. And I prayed that it would be presented with simplicity and with clarity and with love. We are in awe of how people have received God's word through my testimonial book and through sharing my testimony. We have had so many people so touched, not just, not just touched, and oh, that makes me feel good, but we have seen souls saved. We have seen bodies radically healed. We have seen lives completely new and complete, the abundance that Jesus has planned for us. I want to share just one testimony as a result of that book. This is a woman named Jerry McDowell. In October of 2008, she was diagnosed with something called neuroendocrine cancer. She had multiple tumors throughout her abdomen. And her team of oncologists concurred that the cancer was inoperable, not treatable, and incurable. Bad report. She was given a copy of my book, and she read it right away. She lives in Kentucky. Three days later, her and her husband got in their car and drove to Michigan, came to our healing class. And what happened was, first of all, she got knowledge. Isaiah 52, 7, or I'm sorry, um, Hosea 4, 6, says people perish from lack of knowledge. She, first thing she did was got a little bit of knowledge. 
Then she received it, and boy, did she receive it. We prayed with her. You know, we sent her with some stuff to help her, some tools to help her. She went back to Kentucky. That's the only time I've ever seen her. I've talked to her many, many times, but that's the only time I've ever seen her. She took it back with her, and she started, oh, my gosh, she started her own amazing blessed journey. That She was diagnosed in October and came to Michigan in October. The doctors wanted to do a scan. They didn't do any treatment. They considered it inoperable, not treatable, incurable, so they did no treatment. They wanted to do a scan in December to see how the progress of the cancer was going. She said, no, thank you. She said, this is my treatment right here. This is my treatment. I don't even want to know what you say right now. I just need time. I need time in God's word. She didn't have a scan until May. When she went for her scan in May, the CAT scan in May, she called me the next day. She didn't call me the day of the scan. She said that the report was really bad. When she went for that CAT scan, all those tumors were still there. And along with those tumors, there were spots in three lobes of her lung and on her liver. But when she called me, I'm going to read the words because I want to make sure that I, I give you the full depth. This is what she said. She said that the day after she got that terrible report, she had a huge boost in her faith. This is what she said. The faith that I had before felt weak compared to what I have now. She had just gotten that awful report. But what had she been doing for all those months? October, November, December, January, February, March, April, and May. She had been feeding on the word of God. And the day after she got that bad report, she had a huge boost of faith. That was God. That was a supernatural gift of faith. The next month in June, the doctor wanted to do a different kind of scan. It was called an octreotide scan, and it was a two-day process. When she went into that scan, she said she knew that God wouldn't budge. So it would have to be the cancer. It would have to be the doctor's reports, because it certainly wasn't going to be God. Well, she had that scan. She went in for the, re- for the results of the scan, and when she went back in, She went into the doctor's office. He was sitting at his desk with his arms crossed. And this is what he said to her. I don't understand. All the spots are completely gone. The biopsies were positive, but now they are all gone. At that time, there was only one tiny spot remaining on her right lung. That was in June. In September... That tumor was minuscule. In February, it was completely gone. This woman is currently working with that same doctor, her her oncologist. He is in charge of a new research program for neuroendocrine cancer. She is in the patient educate. She is the patient educator coordinator. She's leading support groups for patients, and this is what she's telling them: It is not God's will for us to be sick. Isn't that awesome? Oh, praise God. Praise God. Jerry is coming to Michigan. I talked to her two, day, two three days ago. She's coming to Michigan. She's going to be in our healing group on Wednesday, July 13th, sharing her testimony for herself. You may want to write that down. You're welcome to visit if you would like to. That'll be July 13th. But then I want to tell you the next little part of my um, 
my testimony, and that is um, the healing group that Ken and I are now leading. Um, we've been leading, as we call it illness recovery, and it'll be six years in October that we've been leading this group. Wow, what we've seen. It is humbling. It is amazing what we have seen when we simply present God's truth. Jerry, you know me. You know me. That's all I do. I mean, I am not a power pack yet. <laughs> God's got great things. I am power packed. I've got the Holy Ghost in me. Amen. But I just teach God's word. I teach his love. I teach his promises and our part in receiving them. Our healing class, we, we have published our second book because God says to publish it, right? He says publish peace. He says publish salvation. And I guess I took them literally. So I published this Bible study because we had been teaching it for years. And all of that awesome knowledge that God was giving me, all of that awesome truth that, that I was sharing with people and seeing amazing results, I knew it had to go further. And that's my prayer. That it doesn't stay here in Shelby Township or here in Rochester or here in Troy or here with a few people that I can talk to. But it goes out there and it takes the truth a whole lot further than where we can take it with our, our physical bodies. So that's the reason why we published it. It has three big parts. The first big part is what God's will is. <laughs> the second big part is how to receive it. Our part, because we have a part to play what our part is in receiving it. And the third big idea is the fact that we have authority over the enemy because sickness and disease is not from God, it's from the enemy. So we need to know how to take authority. We have it as believers, but many of us don't know it. And we might not know how to exercise it. So those are the three big parts in our healing uh, Bible study. Um, We also have all of um, the teachings on audio And what we have seen is that it has reached out in an amazing way to the world. I asked Kent this morning if he would go and do a, however he does it, Google check or Google analytics or whatever, to see where it's been, where the word of God has gone this month. And he told me that people have accessed the website where the audio teachings are in 21 states this month, And in 15 countries. And then he looked back over this calendar year since January. The the website has been accessed in 42 states of the United States and in 33 countries. God's word is going out there. His word is going out there. Mark 16, if you would turn there in your Bibles, please. This is what we see. I love it when God's word comes to life right in front of my eyes. Mark 16, at the very end of the chapter, at the very end of the book, very last verse, verse 20. He had just given the great commission. He had told his his 11, his 11 apostles, he said, go, go into the world and preach. He told them to lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. He told them all of the commission. And then, verse 20, And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. That's our part. All we do is share the message. God's part is to confirm it. All we do is share the word, and God's part is to perform it. I want to share with you one more testimony. This is a man 
who came to Illness Recovery. His name's Mark Bedsall. And 10 years ago, he had a heart attack. After that heart attack, he went and had a, a procedure to clear out his, his arteries. And um, doctor said, okay, you're good to go. You know, he was 50 years old when he had that, and he said, took 50 years to build up that plaque. You're good now for quite a while. Well, his body was, did something unusual. His body produced plaque at a very fast pace, and he wasn't good to go. He ended up having another one of those procedures every six months. The doctors didn't understand. He, his body just produced this plaque. Well, he was living life with this heart that was very weak and that was consistently building up plaque and needed, needed the procedure. He had that done eight times. And then, in March of 2009, he started coming to our healing class. Started learning the knowledge. Started receiving the knowledge. He started develop, developing a new, deeper relationship with God and a new faith in God's word. And three months he went in for his heart test. He started, like I, like I said, in um, March. Three months later, he went back to the doctor, and the doctor checked him and said, we're going to postpone that procedure. Glory. And then three months later, he went to the doctor again. The doctor said, we're going to postpone that procedure again. Amen. <laughs> three months later, it has now been a year and a half. He had been having those every six months. It's now been a year and a half. The doctor said, we're going to postpone it again. <laughs> so he finally said, why? What's going on? And he said, I want to use these words because this is what the doctor said. He said, um, if I can find it in my notes. He said, I can't find anything wrong with you. I can't find anything wrong with you. He was 60 years old. At his 60th birthday, he went out west for a six-week extended ski trip. He was skiing at 10,000 feet altitude. He said he never felt better. God heals. God heals. God heals today. I want to just give you a couple of quick other healings we've seen. More than 28 healings of cancer. A lot of people come with cancer because of my testimony. We have a woman who miscarried and read A Blessed Journey the same day. It came in her mail the same day that she miscarried. She read my book. She was filled with the Holy Spirit in the middle of the night as she was reading my book. And she went to the doctor one month later, pregnant. Doctor said, it's not possible. With God, all things are possible. Um, we have uh, people that have been healed of vertigo, arthritis, a woman healed of bipolar. I have her testimony. She lived for years on medicine, for years with that, that, that desperate emotional imbalance. She is without medicine now. She is living a full life. She has been healed of what the doctors call bipolar. Another family, just recently, their son was um, given a title of Asperger's. For those of you who know, it's on the spectrum of autism. Um, and diagnosis changed. He doesn't have Asperger's anymore. We have another, my friend Jenny, the one who led me to the Lord, had Crohn's. That is supposedly a chronic illness that you live with your whole life. Oh, no. She's healed. She is completely whole. We have a, a little student that came to Baldwin. I don't know if you girls remember her, Kendall Atkins. I don't know where she was with you. She had seizure disorder? No more. 
completely healed. No medicine, completely healed. Her mother, Karen, um, had a disease of her liver called, called Cushing's. Um, the doctors thought that she'd have to have dialysis for the rest of her life. Oh, no. Healed. Completely healed. We have seen many, many, many works of the mighty hand of God. I have one more piece to share, and that is um, I've shared lots of testimonies and lots of really, really good news. But we haven't always seen good news. God's in the business of healing, and we know that. I believe it with every fiber of my being. But we have people who haven't received healing, and we know people who have received healing and lost their healing. And that has put an immense burden on our hearts. And um, about a year ago, well, a little more than a year ago, um, God was just talking to me about it and talking to me about it and talking to me about it. And in December of 2009, I said yes to him to write another book about keeping your healing. Well, that was in December. January, I went for my, my normal checkup, my normal yearly checkup, and the doctor found a lump in my neck. The enemy is such a jerk. Yes. He is such a jerk. I had said, yes, God, I'm going to write a book about keeping your healing, and then the enemy puts a lump in my throat. The cancer that I was originally diagnosed with, they said I had cancer in my neck, in my lymph nodes in my neck. So I went through another six-month period of fighting the fight of faith in a mighty, mighty way. This was just last year. I had, um, I won't go through all of the details of the medical stuff, but six months after they found that lump, I had a surgery. And it was in my thyroid. And it was actually a year ago yesterday was when I had that surgery. And they removed the, the, the mass, and it was part of my thyroid. They removed my thyroid and um, sent it to the pathologist, et cetera, et cetera. And it was completely negative. Completely negative. During that six months, though, I was fighting. During that six month, I was literally pacing my house with the Bible in my hand, saying, God, I have your final report. I have your final report. I know your final report. I know your will for me. I know it. I spent a lot of time meditating on God's love for me. I spent a lot of time praising and worshiping. I continued to teach the healing class. I continued to, to do everything I was doing, and I didn't talk about it. Ralph didn't even know. He's our intercessor. He didn't know till about a week before the surgery. He said, why didn't you tell me I could have been praying? And I should have. I should have. Karen, I don't think I told you until about a week before. I knew that I wasn't going to speak forth words until I got the, the confirmation of God's word, and I did. Five days after I had the surgery, I teach on Wednesday. I had the surgery on Friday. I went to our class the next Wednesday, and I could barely talk because the enemy tried to steal my voice along with that, but he didn't. I tried to could barely talk, but I went, and I said, I'm teaching. <laughs> Satan, you're not keeping That's me down. Right. I'm teaching. And with a very weak voice, I gave my testimony to the people that we had been ministering to. So that was in June last year, and then I started writing the book that God gave me to write. It is right now, we're in the process of uh, getting a printer. It's completed. It will be in print this summer, and it's called Healed for Life. Healed for Life. 
And that book is just the next step. God says, Cindy, you've given a lot of truth, but you haven't given the, the, the part that you need to give, which is consistency. Walking with God, it's not just you get healed and you're done. <laughs> There's so much more. Walking with God, taking care of your physical body. You know, if you, if you, I had melanoma, it's called sunscreen and shade. <laughs> sunscreen and shade, and I need to do it better because I love the sun. But that, you know, we need to be careful. I go and, and get my moles checked all the time. Taking care of your body. Taking care of the stress level in your body. Taking care of the balance in your life. All of those things are very, very important in keeping your healing. But that's another teaching, so I won't go there today. But Healed for Life will be in print soon. So today, I've shared a few testimonies with you. They're prophetic. I have shared the importance of taking God's word out and proclaiming his peace. If Jenny hadn't done that, if Pat hadn't done that, I wouldn't be here today. The importance of going out and telling people, just a little bit, the Holy Spirit will take over. Don't be afraid. I'm going to pray a prayer from Ephesians right now for you and for me. This is Ephesians 15 verse, I'm sorry, 16 verse 20. I pray, Father, that freedom of utterance may be given to us, that we may open our mouths to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of the gospel for which we are ambassadors. Father, I pray that we may declare it boldly and courageously as we ought to do. Would you please stand? I'm going to um, pray, and I'd like you to repeat after me. My Father, bless my feet as I bring the good news to the sick, to the lost, and to the broken. Father, bless my hands as I lay them on the sick, that they shall be healed. My Father, bless my tongue as I proclaim the good news, as I proclaim peace, as I bring glad tidings of good things, as I proclaim salvation. Father, bless my mind. May it be continuously renewed with your precious word. Father, bless my heart that I may know your heart, your compassion, your love, and then pour it out in your kingdom. Amen. Amen.